Before you jump into this episode, I want to put a date in front of you. Hey, it's Aaron from Real WW Talk. July 7th. Just for a second, I want you to visualize yourself on July 7th. How are you feeling? Do you have more energy? Do you have a brighter outlook? Or do you feel stuck? The time is going to pass anyway, and it's completely within your control how you feel in just a few short weeks. And as you come up with your goals, the things that you want to do to be feeling your best on July 7th, I want to recommend that you join our next Real WW Talk Step Bet. July 7th is the last day of that step bet. It's actually going to begin on May 27th, Memorial Day. That's an easy day to remember. So download that step bet app, place that $40 bet on yourself for accountability, for your goals, and join us in the real WW Talk Stepping Into Summer step bet. I think you'll be so glad you did. And come July 7th, you'll have an amazing feeling of accomplishment. Use the game code RWWT or look for the link in the show notes. Okay, let's get on to your episode. Welcome to Real WW Talk. It's the podcast of three diverse friends, Candace, Aaron, and Ricky, who are following the Weight Watchers plan. Each week, we talk about a health journey on WW. Now, there is no hiding, no trying to make ourselves better than we are. It's just real talk because we can't change if we aren't willing to be real about what needs to change. On today's Real WW Talk, you know, it seems like weight loss should be as easy as calories in and calories out. But if it were that easy, we'd all be at our goal weights. So what if you're considering semaglutides or weight loss surgery? We're going to talk through the shame that surrounds some of these more drastic decisions. And also you should know, I pronounced semaglutide wrong the entire podcast. So just be prepared for that. (laughs) Okay. Are you ready? Let's talk. Welcome to Real WW Talk. I am Erin. I'm Candice. And I'm Ricky. It's another week, ladies. Another week. And another chance for us to chit-chat and talk. How and are I'm- you, ladies? How you doing? Yeah. I'm thinking about my, my gold shoulder here to go with your gold. <laughs> if you're on the oh. podcast, everybody's wearing semi-gold of some kind. <laughs> yes. We look like a reverse Beyonce concert. <laughs> That's right. From what Aaron talked about. I don't think we have about as much as the people you saw at the concert, but you know, we're we're probably wearing a few more layers. You're about 50% of the way there, Candace. Don't ask about my bottoms though. I'm not going to ask about your bottom. I'm working from home, guys. You know that Zoom setup where it's like you're on the top, you can look fancy, and on the bottom, you're like, don't ask. That's what it's like today. I'm wearing shorts. I don't mind telling you, I got a fancy top and I'm wearing shorts. I'm not going to ask what you're wearing, Candace. Don't ask. I'm home mom, okay? Look, stay at home mom. All right. Thank you. Um, What is one challenge that you have faced maybe over the week and one success? Ooh, I'm so like yeah. up the game. I was about to be like, my week was kind of good, you know, but then you're all asking for like specifics. <laughs> you like that. I know. Can't you hide. Wanna... Well, I'll tell you my challenge is that I keep eating my son's food. And that's not a good thing. Because like, you know, he's in that phase right now where all he wants is like pizza and chicken fingers and like French fries. Okay. Even if they're like homemade, I am uh finding myself having to taste it to make sure it's okay for him a little too much. Okay. So trying to like, you know, I can, I don't really want to overtaste his apples and like smoothies <laughs> and stuff. It's just the stuff that, you know, is pointy. So I've had to really kind of rein that in and be like, look, your food is yours. 
and I have mine. It's not that I don't have food. It's just, I want to eat yours too. Mm -hmm. So that's been a challenge for me, but um, I have a workaround and I'm acknowledging it. I've put it out there for everybody. So if you notice that the chicken fingers are on my points tracker, if you ask for it, know that they were his. Yeah. And they, they add up like when you do mm-hmm. the whole, like, I'm going to charge myself two points here or one point, like all of a sudden you have 10 points left for the day. And you're like, how did I get here? I didn't eat mm-hmm. much. <laughs> so it hurts, especially when you're honest tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the pro is that I'm tracking. So I would say yes. that that's the win. Mm-hmm. Very much. Uh, For me, I'm just going to come clean that my tracking streak is over. And Mm -hmm. it was actually over about two weeks ago, um, just because of just frankly, all of the craziness that's been happening in my world. Plus with the travel, I just went, you know what, I'm going to give myself a touch of grace here. Um, And So I'm picking back up my tracking challenge and streak, but I was very proud of myself that it lasted as long as it did. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that I'm still challenged. My challenge right now is I just don't, I'm, I'm back in one of those phases where I don't feel like cooking and I don't feel like eating. And which means I don't feel like grocery shopping. I don't, I just don't feel like any of those things. Mm -hmm. And so that's a challenge. And I am, um, my, my win is, is that I am going to the grocery store and I did make a list of, uh, what I call grabbable food for me that I don't have to think about. So having the apples, having the lunch meat, um, having some small yogurts, those types of things, I can just kind of grab them a little bit faster. I don't have to think about cooking them or making, making things. So I just want to make sure I was clear. I heard you say that you didn't feel like eating. Yes. Oh, you meant that. Okay. I I, I thought that you were like tying it to go to the grocery store. I was like, tell me more about that. Like, you (laughs) mentioned. I know. What is that like? (laughs) Like, whenever you said it, that's why I had that reaction. Like, let me just clarify that she maybe didn't misspeak. So, like, you just don't feel hunger right now. Um, no, I feel hunger. I just don't feel like doing anything about it. Okay. Mm. I got it. So it's more the action base. Okay. It's the action base. Like I just, I don't have the energy to go do it. I don't. Mm. And the things that I want to go eat, I'm like, I'm not going to eat them. So like very intentionally, I don't have any chips in the house. Mm-hmm. I don't have any like little crackers because I'll just eat those and I won't eat actual nourishing food. And yeah. so this is, I'm trying something different and then I'm trying to force my hand to have to mm-hmm. go eat those, the good things. Yeah. Because I know that if I don't, yeah, uh, that's what I'll be, that's what I'll be eating. So mm-hmm. I'm just in like, I'm just in a weird little mm-hmm. thing right now. Mm-hmm. Got you. So, so that's that. Okay. Ricky, well, your turn for, on the for, Yeah, for me, I think my biggest thing is probably snacking. And, you know, I don't have a two-year-old or three-year-old. To, um, <laughs> you that can, you can borrow him for the excuse. <laughs> okay, okay. Blame it on Isaiah. Um, I, I do a pretty good job of packing my lunch for work every day, and I pack snacks, but I feel like 
I don't always, I'm not always intentional about like, okay, if I'm having this for lunch, if I have these two snacks, is it going to take me over my points until after I track it? And I'm like, oh, I don't have that many points left for dinner. But, you know, they're there for me for a reason, I think still help me to not um, overeat as much or, you know, go to the vending machine like I used to. So I think there's a plus to that that I'm um, using the snacks, but I still feel like it's a downside because I have like a banana that's been in my bag for like two days. So I'm still reaching for um, the things, the pointed snacks that I have versus the zero point snacks in my bag. So I say that's a bit of a downside, a little bit of a plus that I am prepared and I'm having that with me. But I'd say my, my positive from the week is just, you know, we're in the, the first real official week of the step bet and I'm just keeping up with my goals and continuing to walk and just keeping it moving. Yeah, that's a great, you're right. That is a great win. I'm, yeah. I'm loving, cause that's, I've kind of changed a little bit of my morning routine and it feels really good. Yeah. And I realized too, that I'm more active throughout the day than I have been. And I'm like, what's not what's changed, meaning like, I know what's changed. I'm doing the step bet, but like, Mm -hmm. what was I not doing before? Because I've just, I'm more active now, but like, why am I more active Mm -hmm. now? Does that make, am I making sense when I say that? Yeah. 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 How did I, is it more like, how did I find time to be as active as I'm being now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what we can do when we are forced into doing it or have a large enough incentive. Yeah. And what if an incentive $40 is to not lose? (laughs) Like, it's like. And things become so much easier, like getting up early to to do that seems a lot easier than it would have been if you didn't have that incentive. (laughs) I know, you know, it always makes me think of the meme. Have you ever seen this? It's not weight loss related, but when they're saying when you have a trip to go on, like a vacation, you have zero problems waking up early to get to the airport. Mm -hmm. When you have to wake up early to exercise, you know, you're like, oh, (laughs) I can't do it. But you're up and dressed and ready to go if it were to be for a trip, you Mm -hmm. know? Kind of and meanwhile, I pay the same amount for WW yeah, and can't seem to get that together sometimes, you know, like yeah. I go back to what I said last week, like, what is that about? Yeah. I'm telling you, it's about taking other people's money. That's what I think. I, I think that's what it is. It's I think like I could take somebody or somebody could take mine. It's mm. weird. We don't want other people to have our stuff, but we'll, we'll willingly give it away by not using the tools that we have. But if you ask me to like give it to somebody, right? I won't do it. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Um, I've got a couple of comments I want to read to you guys from our real WW talk Facebook group. And of course you are welcome to join in, just search real WW talk on Facebook. Um, This came from, Oh, I didn't write her name down. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. Um, But one of our members, she said, I'm so totally all capital letters, grateful to have found this podcast. I rejoined WW on uh, Monday after quitting in mid August and then drastically off-roading all of September. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pretend here in all honesty, rejoining was half-hearted. I did it before in quotations. I can do it again. The plan works. If you work it, bloppity, bloppity, blah. I felt like my pessimistic little inner cheerleader wasn't believing it either. And then doing the dishes that night, I came upon your podcast and I was like, what? 
what? This, this is 100% what I needed. You guys don't know it, but this was a game changer for my whole perspective on a reset. My official real life, honest to goodness, true bounce back. So I'm just a few days in and I am down 5.8 pounds already. She's like, that's not a like a small feat for me. Your girl is back and all really feeling more me than I have in months. I will keep everyone posted. And I have 138 of your episodes to listen to. <laughs> yes, let's go. Now I'm gonna make a recommendation first about those 138 episodes. That's <laughs> by the way. Her name what? is Kate. Her name is Kate. That's Kate. Thank you for finding. God bless you. You're gonna go through 138. What were you gonna say, Aaron? Um, listen, don't hold our former selves against us. Okay. Now there's some good things and there are some, um, hoodwinking things that we did to ourselves where we were lying all day long to ourselves. And you can hear it when you listen to it all together, but you just don't know it in the moment sometimes. So you can call us out on our BS. We, we already know it. Okay. I too was tracking this week. Huh? What? <laughs> How much did I lose? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So yeah. all that to say, I think one of the really cool things about our podcast is one, like we said, it is real talk. Yeah. And it's really like this weekly diary, this weekly journal of what life looks like on the plan. And if we're all honest with ourselves, all of our journeys kind of look a little similar in this way. There are moments mm-hmm. where we're very laser focused. We are in it. And then there are times when we are not in it and we can hear, we can't hear our excuses in the moment. But when we look back, if we were journaling, we'd be like, Oh, yeah. come on now, ma'am, come yeah. on. <laughs> and we know each other well enough. We're like, yep, know where she is. Sure mm-hmm. do. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also as friends, you know, each other well enough to know when to call someone out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, versus when it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. Hey, yeah. You just kind of, you leave something. That's what friends do. So you know when to push and you know when not to push. So (laughs) Um, from our oversharing heart to yours, Kate, welcome to the family. Um, welcome, (laughs) prepare for a bumpy ride with a whole lot. We are just so glad you're with us. Please stick with us. It gets better. I promise. Starting in episode one, just Keep going. Yes, it does. It does does get better. And also, just a reminder, that was started during COVID. During COVID. Life was crap for a lot of us, too. So Mm -hmm. just don't forget that little layer. Fresh, new, like, not Mm -hmm. three-year-old. You had a look at that first episode, Aaron. He was all here, and, like, my internet went out, and I came back with this kid. (laughs) Now he's, mommy, no, no. (laughs) Now he's speaking, and... You're out there making him bougie chicken nuggets and, and wearing <laughs> pants and wearing. No, anyway, I'll just talk about that later. Cut <laughs> that. Uh, Marcia, she said, between uh, this group, between Real WW Talk and WW Meetings, I am celebrating so many non-scale victories. I was exhausted after work. And sometimes I would buy a high point snack for the train ride. And I said, no capital letters and chose a zero point beverage instead and went home and snuggled with my son. Also zero points. (laughs) Sweet meal planning, step bet and not focusing on the number on the scale has been important for my mental health. Amazing. 
Awesome. Yes, Marsha. Thank you for sharing. Great. We're a part of that 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 mix of things, you know. I love that. I love it. Hey, thank you. Thank you for letting us join you, you know, in your WW journey. We we appreciate it. We we learned so much from from you as well. And just excited when you leave these notes within uh, on the podcast or, you know, within our real WW Talk Facebook group. That just really encourages us. And we just love cheering you on. So thank you for taking time to leave leave little notes like that. So today, ladies, today, did either of you get a chance to watch the um, the special? Because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that there was going to be a special with Oprah and Seema Sistani, who's the CEO of WW, and a couple other people, um, September 20th. I remember the date. <laughs> did, did any of you guys watch that special thing that they did? I caught clips of it, like little little pieces of it, but I didn't actually get a chance to watch the whole thing. I saw Oprah go on okay. a little bit of a, you know, thing about mm-hmm. guilt and don't guilt. And she was, she was, we had talked about how great Oprah looked and mm-hmm. she kind of, she didn't say she was doing any of the weight loss medication because, you know, that's been a big hot topic in the WW community about like mm-hmm. Ozempic and the other things that people are using with the Weight Watchers Clinic. I think that's what they're calling it now. Like mm-hmm. sequence that they bought, bought with sequence. So Oprah, the clip that I caught, she was just talking about how there's so much shame that people have when um, they are deciding to be honest about using the drugs. And then also just in, with her journey with weight loss in general, there's been so much shame she's had with being overweight in a public figure. Mm-hmm. And she was just tired of it. So I thought that was the clip that I caught. And I love that. Yeah, actually. And so Candace, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that was the part that I, that I caught mm-hmm. and I was like, man, I would love to talk to you guys about that aspect mm-hmm. of, of the weight loss and mm-hmm. the shame part, because it's come up a couple times in the real WW talk Facebook group. Somebody asked a question about how others were kind of feeling about it. And this was a person who was on uh, semiglitudes is that that's what they're called the semiglitudes the the different mm-hmm. types of of the mm-hmm. the shots and i i actually closed the i actually closed the comments on the thread because i just felt like some of the comments were moving towards um unkindness mm-hmm. and i know that there are a lot of thoughts and she asked for thoughts and she got them um, <laughs> but i also want to protect people from sh- from sharing s- stupidity so, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. so I just, they were just, they were moving towards a space that I was really uncomfortable with, especially knowing that we do have people within our Facebook group who are on the, the semiglitudes, uh, for their health because of their being prescribed because of being pre-diabetic mm-hmm. or for whatever reason, it actually really doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. why, Um, but it was, you know, Oprah's piece about, you know, stopping the shaming. Like Mm -hmm. she talked about, like, I've been shamed my whole life Mm -hmm. for my weight. And I remember watching Oprah when she rolled out, yep. With the big cart and Mm -hmm. her trainer's name was Bob and I had Bob's cookbook and this like 15 or 16 years old. And mm-hmm. do you remember when Joan London, do you remember Joan London yes. who was on one of the early morning shows and she mm-hmm. lost a ton of weight? I had Joan London's good book. Mm-hmm. Like I've been with Oprah on this journey. She knows yeah. we've all been with her. Yeah. But when she said that part, that thing, and like I've been 
judged for my weight my whole life. I just mm. felt that. Yeah. yeah. I felt that, especially because Oprah was from here. Mm. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, I also, Oprah was from here. She started at one of our local news channels. Mm. And so I've just, I don't know. I felt that so deeply because yeah. of mm. that moment. Did that resonate with you guys? Yeah. I, I didn't get a chance to see the clip, but I just feel like I, I it so resonates with me because I feel like you can't do right <laughs> when you when you're in this situation, like being overweight. Well, why are you overweight? Why you know all you? I remember I posted once in a Peloton group about um, something related to to weight loss and sticking with my goals and related to the bike. And someone said, "Well, it's just as easy as and car- carbs in and carbs out, or you know something like that. Calories in, calories out. You know, people can oversimplify it." And then shame you for not doing it, especially if it takes longer, if it's, you know, it's not a, a year, but it's 10 years it takes it takes you to lose the weight. You, you get shamed for that. Then if you use a, some type of weight loss drug to help you, well, you're shamed for that because, oh, are you supposed to be using that? Did you have that prescription? How did you get it? Did you get a doctor to sign it? You know, or if you're, you know, choosing to do a special diet. Oh, that's keto. That's weird. Why are you doing that? Or, you know, oh, you are you exercising too much? Or you you could get addicted to that. Like you cannot do right no matter what you do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, it seems like the shame just follows you. Whereas I think people who are, you know, on the opposite spectrum towards the eating disorders where they're just, you know, very skinny are still glorified in some ways. Yeah. You know, one of the things that Oprah said, I was just pulling it up because there was a quote that she said that really stuck with me when she said, we need to give people the grace and the space to do it their way without judgment or shame, of, or shame, especially shame from yourself. Mm. And I thought that that was a big piece too, because a lot of it is, I already am feeling all the things that I'm feeling about why I haven't lost the weight or have, or why I can't stick to the thing that I know I should do added on to that everything that you said Ricky about external opinions about what I'm doing it's I mean it's debilitating mm-hmm. and what I what really touched me was I mean she was visibly like annoyed and upset like mm-hmm. I am it is not okay that now that I'm in a smaller body all mm-hmm. of a sudden people feel all these great things about me yes but me in a bigger larger body all of these assumptions were made about who I was and wasn't. And I'm sick of it. I am sick of the things that we are doing to ourselves and allowing others to do with their projections about who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to stop and say, a lot of mine is that internal shame mm-hmm. that I have not been able to let go of because I'm not okay with, I feel shame about how I have been in this weight loss space and the fact that I haven't been able to get it together or, you know, all of the things that go with it and to know, understand that weight loss is very nuanced. Like you said, Ricky, it's not just carbs in and carbs out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that were the case, then everybody would be thin. Mm-hmm. Like there's a mental health piece to this. And first for what they were talking about with the, what's the name of the drugs, Aaron? You said that the, oh, the semiclitudes. Yeah. They have now figured out that there's, you know, like a brain thing that can be happening that needs to be quieted for some people to be able to make the choices that optimize their health. And if that's what they need to do, then that's what they need to do. Mm -hmm. And we have to stop it because no one is the same. And just because you have figured out a way to do it, congratulations. Mm -hmm. I need this and that's fine. Easy to say, a little harder to implement because we have to shut off a lot of the noise 
So that really, really impacted me. And it was, it felt freeing to hear somebody with such a public, you know, in a public space who's been honest about her weight to kind of give me a voice a bit, mm-hmm. you know, to say, I've had all the money in the world. Cause I think of Oprah, she has, she can pay for the personal chefs and the trainers and the, mm-hmm. I had Bob Green's book, mm-hmm. but she also said, you know, I wasn't able to get it together. Mm-hmm. Part of that is what endeared me to her for a while. Like I was like, I get that. I get that. Yeah. Um, it almost kind of reminds me of this, the conversation that was around, you know, is, is very big for a while and it, and it still is, but I think the, the chatter has significantly calmed down and that is having uh gastric bypass mm-hmm. surgeries, lap band surgeries. I mean, you know, that was a pretty big thing and like, oh, you're taking the easy way out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that was the conversation that was around that. And, you know, I, I work with, um, I work with someone who had bariatric surgery. And I mean, over the course that I, that I have known him and it's been coming up on close to 20 years, I have watched him struggle with his weight, losing upwards of 200 pounds Mm -hmm. over the years, gain, lose, gain, lose, gain, lose. And he finally got to a place where he's like, I can't do this on my own. I can, I can do it for a little while, but I just, I need help. And he said, I think bariatric is the thing that's going to help me. Then he went through all of the process. He went through, you know, all of the, the, they had, they had to go through group sessions. They had, you know, diets that they needed to follow to be able to do it. It wasn't an easy way out. And then there was the maintenance that just because you, just because you have the surgery doesn't mean that you're guaranteed to lose weight. And it doesn't mean guaranteed that you're, you're going to keep the weight off. And he's, he's made the full changes that are necessary to be Mm -hmm. able to maintain a weight loss with his bariatric surgery, but it's definitely not going in for surgery is not an easy way out of anything, in my opinion. Well, and that kind of leads to something I, you know, just hit me. I forgot that I've never shared this with you guys. You know, my mom is a registered nurse mm-hmm. and she, I always, I asked her a question one time, who was her most impactful patient? And she said, it was a very sad story, but it's about this with shame. She had a, her, one of her first patients was a woman who was morbidly obese, who mm-hmm. had decided to have surgery, mm-hmm. did not tell anyone in her family that she was going to do it because of the shame surrounding having for her to go to a medical intervention to do so. And she passed away. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. But I don't say that to scare people about it. But what my mom said that she was so impacted why was she was when she had spoken with her before the procedure, she had said, you know, my whole life I have been made fun of and ridiculed for my weight. And she said, and I'm hopeful that this is going to be now the time that I'm going to, my husband's going to accept me. You know, my mom's going to be mm. proud of me and for the first time. And um, this was a long time ago. And obviously procedures have come. We know things happen. But the fact that she felt so, she wasn't even able to verbalize mm-hmm. that this is something she felt she needed to do because of wherever she was with her health. And they didn't get a chance. They were confused when she passed. They were like, but we didn't know, right? Mm -hmm. We didn't know she felt this way. And it made me think about how shame and internal shame robbed them of a goodbye because maybe Mm -hmm. they would have been there, you know, and, and it made me think about myself. And sometimes when we do hide ourselves and our struggles and our things because of that 
external, whether the peer pressure or the, the need for acceptance from others. Or like you said, Aaron, when you said you had to cut off the comments, just people can be nasty in the social media era. Like, you know, yeah. whether they will on purpose or not, like it's hard to read tonality sometimes in social media posts, but mm-hmm. it's why people don't like to, to share, you know? Right. So anyway, it just, it, that was, that's a story that always sticks with me when it, when you think about what shame looks like and how there can be repercussions when people do things that they feel like they have to do and don't feel mm-hmm. comfortable with letting it, letting it be free. Yeah. You know? And I just want to add something real quick to, to that part about, you know, cutting the, cutting the comments off. Um, you know, we're, we're real WW talk. We're mm-hmm. real talk about things. And so it's a rare thing that we're actually going to shut down conversation about something. Yeah. yeah only time that we're ever going to do it is if, if it moves away from constructive conversation to things that, that are damaging. Right. Um, because we, we want to be able to have those open conversations about things because we all don't have to agree Mm -hmm. about the same thing. We can agree to disagree on things. Um, but when it moves into, you know, spaces of name calling or, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, that's, that's where we, that's just for us. That's where we draw our line. Yeah. That's not how we would talk to one another. And so we're just going to make sure that within our group, that we would all talk with it within the same space. So, but you know, gosh, Candace, that breaks my heart for her. I'm also trying to think of how in the world was she going to hide a surgery from her family? (laughs) But I think that whether or not she had other arrangements, but what to, but to me to be able to say, like, I want to be able I want people to finally see me or not to see the weight or to that, that to me is what I was like, we need to get as a, as a society, as a community, as people, we need to figure that out because there's too much there that we do when we are looking at a person and we're all, you know, I learned that in my psychology class, you are making so many assumptions based on the first five minutes that you meet somebody. right? Right. I feel like I know where you're from up. There's Erin. She's from here. I bet you she loves candy corn, you know, like she likes these things, but that's the, it's assumptions and it could be based on a lot of things, race, weight, all of the things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, also part of that assumption too, that we do have to put out on the table. And I know we've talked about this before the confirmation bias thing of Mm -hmm. that. We automatically bring, because we felt this for so long, we project onto other people that that's what they're thinking. And I remember an old family friend, cause I had shared like a, me at my highest weight and me where I am and just kind of proud of a lot of the differences. And I, my family friend, he actually sent me a, a private message. He goes, I just want you to know, I never saw you at that weight. When I see those pictures, it's kind of surprising because you've always just been Aaron and the way that you are now is how I've always seen you. I've never seen, I've never seen you as weight. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that he, that he took time to, to say that because I saw weight and I projected onto everyone else that the first thing that they see when they see me is weight and not the fabulous creature that I am. <laughs> oh, Ricky, you're muted. Hang on. I don't know what happened. I muted him because I wanted to, I was thinking about this visual in the world of education 
and I was trying to find it and I didn't know if anything was going to pop up that made noise. So I was going to share this because I think it relates and just bear with me. We talk about this with accommodations in the world of education and with some people, there's a difference between equality and equity. So mm-hmm. when you see someone and you say, oh, let's just give everyone this one thing and the, the picture for, for those who are listening and can't see is it is three kids who are standing at different heights. One's tall, one's a medium height and one's the other one. And there's a fence in front of them and they each have a box under them that's the same height. And the shortest kid can't see over the fence. The middle kid can kind of see and the tallest kid can really see because he's tall and he's standing on a box. If you provide equity to all of them, they're each getting the same box, but they don't have the same ability to see over the fence. But if you give the shortest kid two boxes and the middle kid one box and the, the tallest kid doesn't need a box to see over the fence, then they all have different things. So you're saying, hey, it's not fair that that kid gets two boxes. Well, they couldn't see without the two boxes. The tallest kid can see without any boxes. I don't know. Like, are you guys tracking with me? Mm -hmm, I feel mm -hmm. like that's kind of how this whole, um, I don't know how to say the the drugs. (laughs) What do you say it again, Erin? Semiglutudes. Semiglutudes and things like that, or whatever, whether it's bariatric surgery or whatever someone needs, we can't just throw the same thing in everybody and say, okay, we all had the same thing. So we all should be losing weight. Some people might need option A, some people need option B, some people need A and B, some people need C. And I think if we come to the table with that understanding that everyone's different and we accept that, then we're all better for it. Mm-hmm. Such a powerful visual. And I've seen that, but never related to what we were talking about quite the way you did that, Ricky. And I think that's perfect and so relevant. And I think that also another thing that we have to do in this community is we can be so proud of ourselves, right? Just because Mm -hmm. you are the person who was able to do it and you lose two pounds every single week and you didn't need the drugs. And sometimes we get a little preachy. Mm-hmm. If you would just stop and just eat some oranges and for breakfast, I'm telling you, just put a little peanut butter on that apple <laughs> and I promise you're going to be great. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but I still may need this. You know, mm-hmm. I think that you have to kind of look at yourself too and the role that you may play when you are having success and not minimizing what somebody else may need in order for them to achieve the success for their bodies, because all bodies are different. And that Mm -hmm. visual, Ricky, like I said, is spot on. I love that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the word that you just used there, Candice, too, is minimize. Because Mm -hmm. when we do, when we do those kinds of things, and, and, you know, I'm the fingers pointing right back at myself, because, you know, when, when the drugs first came out, and I'm like, what's wrong with just trying to control everything through diet and exercise, right? Like it shouldn't be that hard, ma'am. Mm-hmm. It is hard. You've been doing this for how long and you're still struggling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but not minimizing someone else's struggle, not minimizing someone else's experience because the reality is our, bo- every one of us, our bodies are different. We've got different baggage, mental baggage that we are bringing to it, but there are different physical aspects. Mm -hmm. So somebody, there may be somebody who is overweight and depending on how long they've been overweight, Mm -hmm. they've got the food chatter thing that happens in their brain, which that has been a revelation that's come out since this, Mm -hmm. because people are speaking about that, but we've never really talked about that before, Mm -hmm. but that has been a quote unquote positive side effect 
that we're learning because other people are being vocal about it. That's Mm -hmm. a real thing in obesity Mm -hmm. for all of the, just count your calories, carbs in, carb out, all of those things that's never been brought up before. So there are some people who can eat food and they don't have a conversation in their head Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who do, there are some Mm -hmm. people who their body responds differently because of insulin resistance. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a woman, then you have an added layer of something like a polycystic ovarian syndrome that adds to the insulin resistance or, you know, a woman who is over 40 and menopausal, or you're somebody who's under that age, but in a medical menopause, mm-hmm. look at Candace, insert Candace, breast mm-hmm. cancer survivor who's in menopause because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It, there's so many variables and minimizing someone else's path and what they're doing. And when we say what they're doing, and I know even, you know, that the quote that you read, Oprah, we're not talking about eating disorders Mm -hmm. to achieve a weight loss. We're Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, supervised medical help, et cetera. Um, You know, I, I just... I don't want to minimize myself in that conversation and I don't want to minimize other people. And I've recognized that I've done that. But you know, it kind of makes me go back to, there was a YouTube clip that went viral years ago with this young girl in her car seat and her parents were telling her to do something. And she said, worry about yourself, worry about yourself, worry about yourself, worry about yourself. They're trying to help her buckle in. Yeah. Worry about yourself. Okay. We have enough going on in our own lives to be Mm -hmm. overly concerned and trying to police others and what they choose to do for their own well-being and health, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that we lose that because it's so much easier to focus on. I mean, it's biblical, like take the plot. What is it? Take the thing out of the other person's Mm -hmm. your own eye before you go and try. Yeah, we need to stop that. And it's easier to do it to say, gosh, Ricky, you just really should be able to. Aaron, I just don't understand why you wouldn't just wake up to exercise. As I lie in bed and don't get up, right. I'm like, yeah, but you know, mm-hmm. I have a kid. <laughs> no, worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you have figured out how to be perfect and to get it done, then we can go and discuss other people. And like you said, I'm not minimizing if you see something that you feel is like a big issue that you need mm-hmm. to address. But I would say go through the lens of, is it relevant to me? Is it kind? Is it necessary for me to do that? Because even somebody being willing to speak up takes guts, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like, and, and not everybody, we may be oversharers and we're on here like, and let me tell you what I did yesterday, but that's not <laughs> how everybody is, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a piece of even us being open that can put us out there to say what we've said. People may say, well, why haven't you done this in this amount of time? And why is this this? You don't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. just be kind. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. I agree. And I think that's the final, that's the final word. And I'm, I say it to myself mm-hmm. and that's the one, that's the main thing that I want to walk away from this is I mm-hmm. want to be able to look internally and go, okay, where, where have I been shaming myself yeah. and where have I unintentionally maybe through my conversation been shaming others? Mm-hmm. And I need to take a step back from that. Yes. And I think that shame starts with the minimiz- minimalization. Mm-hmm. of others experiences. And I need to just know that not everybody's experience is like mine. And I need mm-hmm. to, 
I need to, I need to be able to step back from that and, um, shut my mouth, frankly, that's me. I just need to be quiet and kind of listen a little bit more and internalize before I spout off a thought Mm -hmm. or opinion on it. I think that's big. And I think we all, I mean, I think I, I I can say the same thing. I share that feedback to myself, you know, a little more listening, (laughs) a little less judging. Yeah. I could learn from the same thing. I think we're all guilty of it. And that self-awareness just makes us better people and better community members. So we're going to worry about ourselves. Mm -hmm. Right. But let me just say something. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Let me just tell you what really is true. No, but let me just tell you. (laughs) All right. That does it for us. We've talked long enough. Thank you for joining us. And um, we wish you a really great week. Don't forget you can join us in the real WW Talk Facebook group. Um, Just search Real WW Talk. Um, Same thing for Instagram and YouTube podcast. If you want to pop us in your pocket and go for a walk or stuck in traffic with a long drive. Here we are. (laughs) Just (laughs) real WW talk. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.